0: Welcome to NFP, the non-fungible podcast with your host, D. Klein. Hey, this is the non-fungible podcast with D. Klein, NFP. Now, you can find this podcast and you can dive deeper into blockchain trends on Cointelegraph magazine. You just go to www.cointelegraph.com slash magazine. Today, I have some awesome guests. I've got the Grammy-nominated music producer and co-founder of adventure club Leighton James and I, hello, hello Hello, hello. and impossible briefs James Wadlow. You guys have been working together for some time. I'm guessing
1: 10 years,
2: 10 years,
0: is that right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you go way back.
1: Yeah. I did some terrible artwork for them 10 years ago and for some reason they kept me around. (laughs) (laughs) How, how did you tolerate it
0: Leighton all this time?
2: I mean, in his defense, it wasn't that bad. I, I enjoyed the first designs they sent. And then I think three years later, they sent, some, sent me something that was absolutely mind blowing. And uh, ever since then, we've been working together on all our projects. They've done all our album artwork. Um, you know, there's two super talented dudes. Couldn't ask for better.
0: Yeah, I was looking at that with Impossible Brief, the design work that you have there. We, let's talk about that in a little bit. But what I really want to get to first here is this big news with this hoodie seal. Oh yeah. $26,000 hoodie.
2: We are glowing. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah.
0: So that was sold on Block Party, right? Correct. And it's some world record, I guess.
1: For a hoodie, yeah. we, believe, we believe it believe. to be a record for a hoodie. But we're not sure, sure, but we, we, we believe it to be so. So yeah. it's the
0: unofficial record as of
2: now. The unofficial record. hoodie record, record
1: yeah. <laughs> Congratulations.
2: Thank you
0: now that's just the season one debut hoodie correct correct yeah and that's sold with an nft that's basically proving that ownership do you want to talk about that a little bit
1: um yeah the nft itself basically is what we want to hold the value not the actual garment itself because we want people to be able to wear the garment out you know there's no point in having a fashion garment that you keep in your like closet because you don't want it to get dirty so uh because these things are quite expensive, we want the NFT to hold the value and then if you ever get it dirty or ripped or whatever, we, we can send you a new one. Or if you get it stolen from you, we send you a new one, we invalidate the old one, and then the new one you get sent is a, the official one. essentially.
0: Yeah. All right on. So if you do lose it, you still, because you have ownership of that NFT that proves your ownership. You're still entitled yeah, to that.
2: Yeah. You don't have to be worried about wearing it out. Like James said, you don't have to like showcase it in your house in some like glass case, you know, cause you're scared you're going to ruin it or lose its value. Like the value is like you said in the NFT, which is something that's really cool.
0: It's really interesting to see what different artists are doing with the physical and the digital. I was talking with Gareth Emery just a few days mm-hmm. ago and he was doing this thing with this laser projector. Did you hear about this thing? It's pretty wild. And uh, basically he's selling an NFT with this physical laser projector. And it's it's interesting to see how different artists are innovating with it. You know, um, What do you see yourselves doing with the rest of this series of hoodies or is it all hoodies that are in this particular season one lineup?
2: Yes, so there will be a collection of 25 hoodies in the season one. Um, there will be nine up for auction and the rest will be going out to um, some of our friends our influ- and, and big uh, big influencers.
0: Right on. as so far these as ones... future
2: plans trade secret so far
0: <laughs> okay so the uh nine other ones that'll be on block
1: party then i'm guessing oh yeah that's that's the plan yeah uh we, we 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 need to get them out to the influencers first we're, we're just thinking as far as getting them out to the influencers, and then obviously we can plan the rest of the rollout
0: yeah so that's i mean this is quite an undertaking i mean you're talking You've got Overpriced, you've got Block Party, you've got Impossible Brief working with this. I mean, that's pretty major a parts, coordination yeah. going on.
2: Go ahead. It's, it's a lot of moving parts, definitely. And um, I know James and Lev have been working tirelessly on all the designs, making sure that the, the actual garment itself looks incredible. So there's a lot of hours that, that have been going into this.
0: Yeah, I was checking out that you had a video clip mm-hmm. on Overpriced mm-hmm. showing the actual hoodie, and was that music you created to go with that then?
1: Uh, we have my friend Scott Lyon, who did the sound design on that, did an amazing job. Um, yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really cool.
0: Yeah, so I mean, this is something that you've been involved in for how long then?
1: A oh, barely a month. I think Leighton's been in it a lot longer than we have.
0: Layton, do you want to tell me about your experience with NFTs? So my, what ju- also my journey
2: in the crypto world, I want to say started in 2014 wow um, okay so i've been like investing in different crypto startups um investing in different coins and then i think about a year ago um flau and i started talking about digital art and so he obviously like took a you know more 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 public stance on it but i i'm more of a reclusive kind of dude so i've been researching them looking at them from afar and it just seemed like the right time and the right project was this overpriced project to really like really stand behind something okay. i think Overprice has like this 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 place in the future that's really going to hold it's really going to be a monumental shift in the way people see art the way people see clothing fashion um I, I really do believe in it
0: yeah talk to me about the whole notion there was a quote from them about the idea of it being like a a social commentary on the madness of money meeting art i thought that was interesting
1: yeah, yeah. James, would take that yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it's an idea I've had for like three years now. Um, it all came from, I I was in one of the big department stores here in London, and I was looking at some of these brands I've never heard of, and I'm looking at a t-shirt with like 500 British pounds, you know what I mean? And I, I'm thinking, wow, this is way too much for a t-shirt. It's <laughs> like, this is way overpriced. And and then it's kind of like, I it got me thinking about what actually why people actually buy guns this expensive you know like off-white or like any of the other brands and then it, i i believe like it's the people's reason is because they want to show up how much money they have at the yeah. core of it right and so i was like how about we make a brand where we kind of like cut the middle middleman like cut the bs and kind of like just get to the point which is like this is overpriced, like, and I'm aware of it. You know what I mean? It's kind of funny to me, like, uh, it's satirical. Like, we are gonna play with this. And we're not just gonna be selling super expensive hoodies. Like, we have lots of ideas to kind of challenge, like, what, why does a garment hold va- value? Like, is garment worth $1? Is it worth a million dollars? Like, we, we have a lot of things coming. And uh, like we said, trade secrets, but like, uh, this is just the start, I believe.
0: Well, I think that concept kind of applies more broadly, just to creativity in general, right? In terms of how do we value, you know, look at uh, works of art that people are buying for millions of dollars. Yeah. Right. What are your thoughts on some of these huge sales? You know, when you see uh crypto punks going for, you know, millions of dollars, or what do you think of that?
2: I mean, I I love anything that pushes the NFT space, the crypto space forward. At the very minimum, seeing these prices going is going to turn a lot of heads. It's going to turn mainstream heads. And that's what we like seeing in this space. There's value behind it. Yeah, sure. Like anyone can right click, save as they can take a screenshot. But at the end of the day, the person who owns, they, they, they feel special owning that file or that CryptoPunk digitally, no matter how many times it can be re- replicated. And I think that's what sets NFTs apart is that, you know, you're the sole owner. That's authenticated. Anyone can see that you have it. And I, I think that applies to anything, whether it be CryptoPunks, um, Zed Run, Overpriced, um, these insane artworks, people, anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, as speaking as a creator as well, I think there's a sense of pride I have also when I create something and it's tokenized in that exactly. I know that it's attached to my identity, right, permanently. Yeah. 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 Like, that must be a different feeling for you as an artist, you know, with creating this in terms of that sense of permanence that you get from this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a way to kind of, like, stamp your, your kind of name down in history, kind of. Um, and I think digital artists for the longest time have been producing work for big brands and not really getting the recognition or the financial reward for what they've been doing. And I think this is finally a kind of, like, term where, like, finally we're getting kind of recognized and it'd be possible for artists to make like, you know, thousands, even millions of dollars. And I think it's it's good for the art world because otherwise a lot of digital artists have been kind of like, we will only ever hit this cap. And you know, we will only ever work for brands and mm-hmm. uh, it kind of like opens a pathway for artists to become, you know, artists in, in the same way that a Monet or a Rorschach or whoever. Would have been in in time and i think that's a great thing
0: Hmm. i mean layton you can probably speak to this and being a, a musical artist and being you know you've seen what's happened on platforms with artists selling their music and having like millions of streams and getting you know a paltry amount of money like well
2: yeah well there's always been there's been like certain shifts in the past and then big corporations found a way to swoop in on and monetize on internet music on the internet like and then you had soundcloud and another company came in spotify they were able to swoop in and take advantage of people sharing their music online for free and i think what's really different about the space now is that I believe with the NFT, NFT space and an audience and companies like that is that there, there isn't going to be a middleman that's going to be able to come and swoop in and take a cut of uh, any artists who are going to release stuff in the future, which is what I really like about this whole movement in general. So anything moving forward, I think Adventure Club is going to release everything via the NFT. It just it it's the natural progression for us.
0: Wow, really interesting. I know you have an album coming out right away, right? Love, soon, and chaos.
2: Love and Chaos. Do we chaos have a time. date on that yet? Um, tentative days and date is end of May.
0: Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now I was reading that, that entire album is a collaborative effort, correct? Like pretty much every piece on it is a collaboration.
2: Uh, yeah. I want to say about 90% is a collaborative okay. effort with some of our favorite artists and singers.
0: So you've been and collaborating an for, brief. sorry.
2: And Impossible Brief.
0: Right. You've been collaborating on this album for how long now? I mean, it's been what, four or five years since your last release album released.
2: Album release? Yeah, I want to say
1: 2016.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's been a long time coming. Um, unfortunately, the album has been delayed. Um, it's kind of touch and go. It's all finished. All the paperwork's done. It's really about the us finding the right date to release it. We don't want it to be released in vain. You release it um, during a time like the pandemic and you're not able to tour it properly. So we want right. to be able to release it, have people listen to it and then, you know, tour america tour canada to, to promote it
0: well it looks like there's a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel i don't know about you where you are in eastern canada
2: no right. light here so far no. they're, they're saying earliest june is when we'll be able to come, come out of our homes Oof. but america it is looking like it is turning around yeah yeah and so we'll be we will be out there touring quite soon
0: okay that's exciting very yeah. cool so let's talk a little bit more about what's happening with these clothing lines coming up in the future like what do you imagine you're going to be doing with overpriced and with um obviously you have this season one with these hoodies can you give us any info on future seasons or thoughts or maybe just ideas that you're
1: mulling with uh i I guess what we can say is that we're going to continue to play on this idea of what holds value and kind of like whether something is really expensive or really cheap and if they're the same, what does that look like? And, you know, like, what does that commentary look like as well? And also with the NFT actually holding the value, how can we relate that to the garments as well and how that might come across? So yeah, we've got a lot of ideas, but uh, we can't really say that much.
0: (laughs) I understand. I wanted to ask you, uh, James, your experience with this whole Patrick Mahomes phenomenon. Uh, that must have been, what What did that, it sold for something like $3.7 million, I think it was, the, wasn't it that much? It was some insane amount.
1: Yeah, correct, I mean, I, I believe like about 3.1. Okay, 3.1 or 2? Okay, I was way It off. Ha- happened in <laughs> like 15 minutes, but then, you know, we got like the big one of one, which sold two days later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was quite a surreal experience for us uh, being in, involved and in a very big honor for us as well. Being involved and since then it's just gone absolutely crazy on the emails like we find ourselves on five six zoom calls a day now and you know it's it's been very like uh crazy and very exciting obviously and we have this coming out now and then we have the tatis baseball drop uh, in a couple of weeks on the ferney so like we, we we have a lot of things coming as well and it's been it's been a learning experience for sure. But, um, you know, like we have people like Leighton who have been advising us, um, on how to kind of like navigate, you know, as we kind of like, uh, grow into this space, which has been super helpful and yeah, we're, we're really excited with the stuff that we have to bring out.
0: Yeah. It's, it's amazing just in terms of how quickly it's changed, you know, like I, I kind of got into this stuff mm-hmm. last year around may or so, and just how it's, exploded i mean
2: exploding and evolving it feels like a day is worth about a year in terms of advancements and like ideas and the creative process i mean i remember remember our first drop on block party for adventure club was in december and the landscape within i I believe it's like four months has changed I, i don't even i can't even recognize it anymore never in my wildest dreams would i have imagined the landscape the nft scene or the crypto scene was in december would be where it is at today
0: yeah, just in terms of even just how it feels uh, so, like, more, much more established.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and what else, I can't think of anything else that has become that kind of a mainstream established kind of industry in that brief of a time
1: period. Yeah, you know, it's you mean. Like, If you look at how long uh, the Bitcoin, you know, took to like, become, like, just people to understand what Bitcoin is, and a lot of people still don't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we have like NFTs now and they're taking over the collectible space and, you know, like every celebrity under the sun wants to do an NFT now. Mm-hmm. And this is like in the space of, you know, four months. Yeah. This I think
0: Paris Hilton be. has one coming out, I think.
1: Probably. <laughs> Not with loads.
0: There was the, uh, you were talking about artists who are finally getting recognition. There was the, you remember Leave Britney Alone, the meme? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I've heard the-
0: about it. The original Leave Britney Alone meme creator actually sold that NFT, I believe, or is selling it. I don't know if it's sold yet, Uh you know, or, you know, Grumpy Cat, the Grumpy Cat creator.
1: (laughs) I love Grumpy Cat. Yeah. Yeah. That's my boy. boy, Right.
0: But when you think about it, those are people that in the past, yes, sure, they did have their meme and they had that popularity, but they didn't get any kind of financial compensation for that, right?
1: That's very true.
0: And now they're able to do that. Can you tell me a little bit more? You're talking about Adventure Club and NFTs. What do you kind of envision with that? How, how might you go with that?
2: Um, I think we're, we're playing with a couple different ideas, but at, at its very core, we want to go back to when Adventure Club first started and we were sharing almost all of our music for free. Um, everything was up on SoundCloud. We didn't have to deal with any labels. If we wanted to put out a song on Tuesday night at three a.m., because we were pumped about it and, and we finished it, we didn't have to wait wait for labels. We didn't have to wait for lawyers. No paperwork. We just put it out. Um, I think that's. I think we want to get back to those roots where we could just finish a song, be happy with it, release it on a platform, while still maintaining ownership and knowing that you know, like, throughout it, the, the, the 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 journey of that song the copyright, the royalties, the distribution, everything will be handled by the smart contract that is on the NFT. And uh, I know there's a couple of platforms that we might work with. We might want to do, make our own platform, but um, that is where we are kind of, we want to go in the future after this album is released.
0: The royalties thing is huge, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. What are your thoughts on that?
2: I mean, I think every artist under the sun deserves to be compensated for the art that they create without having, you know, some middleman take a giant portion of it. Especially if the artist at the end of the day is the one doing all the marketing. They're like, they're the ones tearing their hair out at, at their computer screen, trying to write like the next big song or like learning how to use their their DAW. Um, you know, I, I feel like the system is unfair, unfairly skewed and the artist should be compensated more. And I think the NFT space or just the digital space is something that's gonna help us a lot
0: yeah i agree i even know for myself um as a creator i create uh artworks on uh known origin and rarible and OpenSea and so forth and i know like when i have created something and then i get this little royalty notification you know i'm like that's so awesome you know like even if even if i sold the piece for i don't know say i sold it for i'll I'll tell a friend i sold this piece for a hundred dollars or whatever right but someone else is selling it for a thousand And they're like, oh, aren't you disappointed? Like they're selling it for way more than they bought it from you for. I'm like, no, I get a royalty.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Right? We get residuals on on everything. It's it's nice.
0: It's a total game changer.
2: Yeah.
0: Right, and that's where I think if you look at things like say the NBA, where they're getting in with top shots or whatever, they're like, they're gonna make perpetual income from this, right? It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, I was reading, there was a quote that you gave uh, Layton. in, uh, I forget who wrote it, but it was, a, it was an art interview. And you said, I think one of my favorite maxims is that it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. And uh, <laughs> it's a good quote. I think it applies so much in the NFT world because I think from the outside, it seems like people are just flipping a switch and making millions of dollars. But yeah. I don't know. Can you speak to that a little bit?
2: Yeah. I mean, the people, I mean, at the forefront, the people who look like they're making million dollars are the people like like Blau. He's been working, grinding for the. I've known him for fifteen years. So it's not like he came out of nowhere, decided to drop an NFT, and his auction made eleven million. It's not like James just decided to sit at his computer yesterday and design this sweater like to sell it to 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 break this world record for twenty six thousand dollars today. They've been working for the past ten years, twelve years. I, I mean, I can attest to that. And I think it just, everyone in the crypto industry is like that. A lot of these artists have been working for 30, 20, 10 years. People, is another example. And I think uh, that's what that maxim speaks to, is that on the surface, it looks like, you know, we decided to just pop up one day and make some easy money. But the truth is we've been working hard for the past, you know, decades to make it happen.
0: Well, and I find it's kind of ironic because what is really meant to be as open of a system as possible there still seem to be people who will be like um almost like resentful when someone comes in and has success overnight you know or perceived success overnight i don't know if you've seen that at all in the industry
1: it's always going to be the case though it's like it doesn't matter like when someone's doing well people are always going to hate on that person Mm -hmm. but like layton was saying it takes there's a famous story by picasso when he's in a paris cafe and he's sketching on a napkin, and then the waitress comes up and she's like, Can I can I buy that sketch off you? And he's quotes some insane price. And she's like, You but you I just saw you sketched out on a napkin. And he's like, Yeah, but it's taken me like 20 years to be able to sketch that on a napkin right now.
2: Yeah. And that
1: that's exactly the sentiment, is that like we've been grinding for like, you know, I've I've done jobs and as I'm sure Len has, like, you know, there's been dark times where like we've made absolutely no money for some of the work that will then be profit on, on by like music artists or clients for like 10, 100 times that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I absolutely think that it's, it's it's a great thing that artists now have the time to profit on all those years of like dedication and, you know, learning their craft. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Can you talk to me about where did you guys finally kind of go, OK, yeah, this is going to be a cool thing to do? Like, when did that happen? like you must've come from a point where you were like, you know, it was a foreign idea to you, right? I mean, a lot of people looking at NFTs for the very first time Mm -hmm. are like, what, this makes no sense, right? Like, did you? can you think of a time where kind of a light bulb went on with this whole concept?
1: I mean, for for me, like I've had this idea for like three years, but it was when I learned about NFT and I was like, whoa, we can authenticate the garments as well using the NFT. That's when I was like, ding, light bulb. And I know Leighton was a super smart guy, very clever investor. And he was the first person I called about it. And he said, Oh, I'm working with these guys Block Party. And so that's how we got introduced to Block Party. And, you know, like they were so excited, like I was speaking to the CEO the next day, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, yeah, no, he's been super useful in helping guide us because, yeah, I know he's been a huge crypto guy for like years and years. So that to me is when I learned about NFTs and the power of what they can do and finally got my head around like the concept. I was like, this. This is it now. Like, we need to go for it.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, I found for a lot of people, it seems like it's a pretty steep learning curve. Like, what was that like when you were first looking into this all? Understanding, you know, how is this going to work in a way that's feasible? Like, how is it not a scam? You know, you know, there's so much of those kind of undercurrents, you know.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of things where you just kind of have to take a leap of faith while you're learning, especially if like, let's say, let's say it comes down to trading. Like there's a lot of mistakes I've made as a trader. Um, there's a lot of companies, there's a lot of coins that, you know, they rug pull or they, mm. they don't deliver on their promises. Like a lot of that is in the learning experience. Some are more costly than others, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so I've learned though I've learned those mistakes and the only way to really do it is to just take a leap of faith and, you know, Take any avenue you want to go down. As far as learning about the blockchain, there's so many good, good you know documentaries. There's there's Discords, there's Telegrams. Like I've learned a lot from being in a Discord um, with Ethereum Classics guy Barry Siller.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: um, as far as the NFT go, I've learned a lot from from Justin, and the Block Party guys have been really, really, really helpful, guiding us throughout like the creation, the minting. Um, you know, introducing us to people in the community who are avid collectors. Um, so they've been really helpful in steering us into making that learning curve not so not so steep.
0: Right, any uh, horror stories of bad crypto trades you made or times that you got the rug pulled on you or?
2: <laughs> Financially, it's not the rug pulls that have hurt me the most, it's mm. the the selling too soon. Mm. situations that have killed me where like you're like this i don't think this this company or this coin is going anywhere and then you check its price and like like three months later and you're like well, oh.
0: <laughs> i got a horror story <laughs> on that one i bought do you remember do you know theta theta token yeah 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 i bought it in 2017 or so on binance for 13 cents no and i sold it for 16 cents
1: <laughs> oh
2: <laughs> the worst is just when you're on your phone with the calculator app and you're like i could have had this much money." This <laughs> that's, much money. That, that's a dark the worst work. feeling
0: <laughs> oh man how about yeah. you james any uh, uh crypto horror stories
1: mithril that's all i'm gonna say sorry mithril mithril yeah. okay yeah, No one's is taking off yeah <sighs> but, uh, yeah the less said the better yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh man! Usually my problem is I sell too late. I, the 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 Theta one was a weird one because I don't normally do that. Yeah, you know I was like oh, I've made like twenty five percent. It's good.
2: Were you around during the first, like the not the first, but like the last, the last bull run, two thousand seventeen eighteen? Yes. Yeah. So you have yeah. severe bear market PTSD. <laughs> yeah,
0: I have diamond hands. Diamond hands. Yeah. Yeah, I had friends of mine going, why aren't you selling? Why aren't you selling? I'm like, I don't care. I'm going down with the ship. I don't care.
2: Help helper this long There's not a chance I'm selling. Yeah.
0: And you know what's funny is those same friends in, uh, what was it, March, when it was like Bitcoin was $3,000 or whatever. Yeah. I was like, guys, buy it now, buy it now. And they were like, why would I buy it now? It's only $3,000. I'm like, it's so strange, human psychology. Yeah. There's yeah. that wanting to belong, right? Yeah. And I think that kind of fits in with what you're talking about with this, you know, overpriced stuff. There's something about showing that you belong to something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And when, when something's cheap, people don't feel like it's a desired thing and therefore they don't belong, want to belong to that thing. Do you know what yeah. I
2: mean? Yeah. I mean, we are the brand for the crypto like yeah. industry, their fashion brand, like their go-to brand, like where, what you wear when you want to flex all the attendees you've made.
0: Right. That's cool. Do you see this expanding into something where people are going to be able to access these goods, you know, on a broader scale? Like, you know, obviously, now you're making very limited edition, right? Like 25 pieces, right? Do you see it becoming something where it becomes a little bit larger scale of some sort?
1: I I, I don't, I don't see that in the near future, to be honest, because that's mm-hmm. not what the brand is about. It's all mm-hmm. about the pieces, and, you know, it's constant run of social experiments in some ways where we're, we're doing a lot of, uh, we've got a lot of like interesting ideas, you know, that, um, we want to try out and we want to see like where people's limits are and why people are spending what they are and why they won't spend what, you know? Uh, so I can't ever see it being like a mainstream brand. We can't ever see it being in stores like wholesale. Uh, it's always going to be a super limited brand, but we want to keep it our way because also like it, it lets us keep a track of what we're doing exactly and you know where everything is which is very important to us with the metadata mm.
2: side. just by by nature of the project itself like it, it's virtually yeah. impossible to sell it in any kind of retail store like this that makes sense lives does, on the yeah. blockchain yep
0: yeah well and it would kind of take away from the collectability frankly yeah right, right? i mean exactly. if you're making thousands of copies of it
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Kind of killed. What did you think of the uh, whole Coinbase listing today? Did you follow that at all?
2: I followed it pretty. I've been following it for quite a while now. Um, I was very excited when it happened. I was happy for the company. I mean, nothing could be, like it's one of the most monumental things to happen to the crypto industry in, you know, a long time. That coinciding with like Bitcoin's all-time high. It was just like a, you know, like a perfect moment. Um, And I'm excited for other, exchanges to IPO in the future I think it only brings more adoption more eyes to this whole scene that we've been like so like dedicated to over the past couple of years
0: yeah I I think it's a watershed moment I think it yeah. was um wasn't it Novogratz that was saying this is kind of the Netscape moment here you know it's
1: mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. yeah yeah James your thoughts I mean yeah like just echo what Lane is saying and I think this is just the beginning really like I, I can just see it like hoping you know decentralization is the way forward for sure
2: mm-hmm. yeah i think we've definitely like i feel feel like coinbase solidified the fact that we have now passed the tipping point for this yeah.
0: what do you think of all these fears that you know you see in the news of like regulatory crackdowns and talk like that what do you think of that
2: i mean in a certain way there i i think there is going to be some regulatory infrastructure that is going to be need to placed in certain like in like certain things like exchanges, anything that's centralized, um, there's definitely gonna be some regulatory issues around it. Um, But in terms of like taxation, IRS, um, anything when it comes to privacy, I think there's still a long way to go for them to be able to find some kind of framework that makes sense for everyone given the amount of coins, given the million use cases that crypto has. It's gonna take a while to get like a nice frame that encompasses it, encompasses it encompasses it at all if ever
0: yeah that's yeah I, I'm excited about it I think there's just i like I said I think it's just the tip of the iceberg right now I think we're just yeah. in the beginning stages you know and we're nowhere near um you were saying the word uh mainstream I don't think we're there yet nearly wow. not nearly I mean okay Taco Bell dropped an nft <laughs> yeah
1: was yeah.
0: <laughs> no <laughs> no th- 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 there was a bit of controversy with them too right because i mean i don't think they even cr- credited the artists or anything did they as far as i recall yeah
2: yeah they just missed the whole point completely
0: pretty much
1: yeah yeah. Yeah. No, not
0: yeah yeah so uh there was one other thing i wanted to ask you about uh late and it was for about your uh hardcore dieting are you still on the uh heavy duty uh <laughs> dieting uh regimen or have you lose uh, which which
2: regimen with this because i'm a i'm, I'm an avid self experimenter okay i was to reading to
0: one where you were getting tested and you found that you were intolerant to like you exaggerated something like 400 foods out of 500 you couldn't <laughs> your body couldn't process or something like this I
2: mean, so hey. yeah um that was actually christian he's
0: oh it was it christian it was okay. christian
2: he's, he's i'm sorry There's a lot of things that he can't eat after he got tested. And then once he he found out the foods he could eat, he's like, My whole life has changed. Like I'm no longer bloated. I have mental clarity. It actually made it a complete 180 for him in his life. Um, as but it kind of sucks because his two favorite things were eggs and milk, and those are the two things he's most intolerant to.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And as
2: for me, I am an avid self- self-experimenter with diets. I know every you know, I give a diet six months to see what it does, its efficacy. Um, lately i've been on sean baker's carnivore diet oh wow yeah yeah what after is that working? Like? Him and How's Jordan that going Peterson. it's uh it's been great to be honest the really? first two weeks is hell but but after that like your body really gets accustomed to it you just become this like steak this efficient steak eating machine um, so all sure meat all the time all meat all the time sometimes oh. i'll like spice it up with some eggs or maybe some chicken or some bacon but it's most of the time it's like ribeyes i got a smoker so i'm making rib uh brisket um but yeah it's usually just just ribeyes that is water and salt
0: huh Mm -hmm. amazing james you into any crazy diets
1: I'm on what's called the delivery diet, where I just order takeaway all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No what it is, because like because I've been working so much that I don't have time to cook at the moment. So I just order takeaway and that's it. Yeah,
2: skip You gotta get on that steak diet, diet then. You just eat a couple steaks they once order, a week and you're good.
1: Don't order steak and unfortunately.
0: Just fill the freezer up. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. That might be the move. Yeah. Wow.
0: So you guys have worked together how long now?
1: Oh, 10 years too long. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Uh,
2: you, uh, I think it was the first year Adventure Club got its Twitter account, 2012.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. I, I was like banging
0: in the, in the DMs. You guys were yeah. pretty much out of high school.
1: Yeah, I was talking about the uh, remix of the brand new song. And I was just like, God, this is so sick. And then I was just like fanboying, like fucking twin. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's okay. Yeah. I, just, uh, three, I, put, yeah. I put
0: an explicit warning on it. Don't worry about it.
1: Thank you, thank you. Uh, just tweeting at them like nonstop because like I was so obsessed with their like take on dubstep and you know, Melody and, and, and such. And yeah, they let me do a piece of artwork and then we stayed in touch. And yeah, I just know like Lynn's like really nice guy, really good investor and he's like definitely helped us like in this space because quite honestly, we've been quite new to it and there's a lot of people out there trying to take advantage. So um, yeah, it's been really nice having a Yoda as it were <laughs> nft yoda helping us in this
2: place
0: <laughs> everyone needs an nft yoda
1: that's true that's true uh,
0: i would probably be the nft yoda amongst my peers i would think probably
1: <laughs> high praise of yourself sorry high praise of yourself
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: sorry about that <laughs> it's just that they don't know anything about it is all i'm saying <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe
2: it. I believe it. You're, you are the oracle amongst your peers.
0: <laughs> no, most of my lives, I say this on most of my shows, most of my real life peers have no interest in any of this stuff. Well, will soon. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So any big uh, hopes for the next year you want to share about? Anything that you're, you know, kind of wrap things up with? visions ideas hopes you have over this obviously you get
1: through covid but
2: yeah yeah i think that's the one major hope we're all we're all in line with
1: Yeah. yeah absolutely i think just just getting out of here with like a sound state of mind i think getting over here in london like um everything started opening up this week oh which is really nice um but like you know open air like you know not indoors but like pubs have opened up like open air pubs and yeah, outdoors, but it's just to get back to normal life would just be a blessing at this point, you know, mm-hmm. um, for sure. In terms of this space, just carrying on what we're doing, carrying on with well and we have lots of exciting projects, and we're just very lucky and blessed to be in the space, and we're very excited about what's to come as well. So, yeah, just carrying on as we have been.
0: Awesome. Layton?
2: Um, I feel like you can relate to this is I can't wait for the travel ban to be lifted. Not the travel ban, the three-day mandatory hotel stay when you come back into Canada to be lifted. Mm. That is my biggest hope in the near future.
0: Well, you're probably traveling a whole lot more than...
2: Most I'm, su- I'm, so I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And that is one big deterrent. <laughs> for, for sure, for sure. Uh, but besides that, I'm really excited for the future of Overpriced. I think uh, it's it's got an amazing it's got amazing amazing longevity. Uh, NFTs are here to stay, so is Overpriced. I think, you know, the 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 possibilities are endless when it comes to what we can do, meshing the digital and the physical together. And I'm really happy to be the four, at the forefront of it.
0: That's awesome. Well, hey, congratulations again on your success with that first hoodie. Thank Nine you. more to go, or ten more to go. Uh... I- Nine more to go at auction.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, then we'll uh, look forward to season two.
1: Correct. Yes. Uh, Uh, Yeah.
0: yeah. Awesome. And hey, I wish you all the best. I hope that, you know, you can travel again soon and tour. And uh, congratulations on all your successes together. And uh, yeah, James, thank you for all your work on beautiful creative work here that you've done as well with Impossible Brief. And congratulations with your success there as well.
1: Yeah, thanks Amazing. for having us, down. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank it.
2: you so much for your time. Right on. Okay. Really great. Great awesome. speaking with you.
0: Take care. All right, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. See you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to the Non-Fungible Podcast. See you again soon.